0: Hi listeners, welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God's stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi everyone, I am so honored to have on here this week, Tina Yeager on this podcast. Hi, Tina, how are you? I'm great. How are you today, Jamie? I'm great. I want to make sure that I pronounced your last name correctly. Is that right? It's Jaeger. Jaeger. Okay. When I was coming out of my mouth, I wasn't quite sure (laughs) if it was the right (laughs) (laughs) pronunciation. Oh, wow. Well, girl, you have been busy. I couldn't get over the list of accomplishments that you have done and you're still doing. I was reading on your bio. You are award-winning author. You have 30 writing awards. Now, would you say that writing always came natural to you? or
1: In a way, I've always been a writer. I just mm-hmm. didn't know that was God's calling until much later.
0: Very cool. And you probably got a little more time to write as the years went by. Having young kids doesn't quite give us much time to write. You know, it's very kind
1: of challenging with young kids. That's for sure.
0: I know. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and you are an inspirational speaker. You also are a licensed counselor and have your very own podcast called Flourishment. And I have to say, I started reading your newly released book called Beautiful Warrior, and I absolutely love it. You write so beautifully, and I'm only three chapters in, and I just can't wait to keep turning each page. You know, you just share candidly about your struggles with unhealthy self-esteem and insecurities, which God knows we have all struggled with that from time to time. So I, I can't wait for you to share your hope and encouragement that you found through those struggles and just share with us your, your God story, your testimony.
1: Thanks, Jamie. It was a hard book to write, I have to say, of of Mm -hmm. all the things I've ever written. When you write a personal story, it's like bleeding onto the page. You may have already heard that from other authors before, but Mm -hmm. it's it's easy to write a fictional story. It's easy to write poetry. It's easy to write uh, nonfiction that's just clinical. But when you write your own story, and especially when you write something that's centered on low self-esteem, all those old attacks are going to come forward because the Mm -hmm. enemy wants to attack us in our area of purpose and calling. So if we're called to encourage people in an area of confidence, he's going to constantly attack us and tell us, no, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And this is terrible writing. And this is unpublishable. I mean, it was just really difficult to get through the writing of that book. So yeah. I'm glad that I did, but it was really hard. I had to hire an editor to help me be objective about it. So
0: yeah, I bet. I know when you write from such a personal place, it just leaves you so exposed and the raw feelings and, you know, you're, you're putting yourself totally out there, right, for the public to read about. Yes.
1: And you're going back and reliving those feelings of uh, low self-esteem as you're writing about them. So if you write a personal story, it's always good to have somebody with you in that process because it's very hard.
0: Mm-hmm. So where did the struggles, where, where did it begin for you and the destructive way of thinking about yourself? I think it
1: began in young childhood because I was so isolated from other kids. I didn't really relate well to kids my own age. I was kind of a strange, odd kid that just was the, the weird, nerdy person. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I had more people that would make fun of me and push me outside of the social circles. So even though I had a relationship with God as a child, I still felt like I wasn't lovable Mm -hmm. and I had great parents. I know a lot of people struggle with low self-esteem because they come from backgrounds of abuse. That was not the case with me. And I don't want to compare my story with anyone else's story because I think every story is valid in its own right. However, my story didn't come from a history of abuse or neglect. I was simply very, very profoundly alone as a child. And I felt like it was because I didn't have a personality that was lovable. I wasn't a good enough person. I had some qualities that were okay about me, but they were never quite good enough. And as I got into middle school, I thought... Maybe if I were thin enough, Mm
0: -hmm. maybe
1: if I covered myself with enough veneers of looking acceptable, then people would let me stand close to them, even if they didn't really like me that much. So I would have settled just to be on the outside edge of social circles by trying to be thinner, by trying to fit in, by trying to almost blend in because I was so thin and unnoticeable that I didn't have anything offensive enough about me for people to have reason to reject me any further. So I developed an eating disorder hmm. and, um, that lasted for eight years. And the thing that finally broke that eating disorder was when I, I kind of went wild in college and was trying so many inappropriate ways to try to feel accepted in social groups. And I ended up being pregnant. And I felt that my child's health was more important than anything emotional that I was suffering with. Mm -hmm. So that was what transitioned me from the eating disorder. And my focus on the child that I was about to have made me focus on love instead of on what I lacked. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning that healing process. The Lord took me back to him, back to seeking relationships in church because I knew I needed to have something better than what I had to offer at that moment with zero Mm self-esteem for a child. I needed to be a mother. I needed to become something stronger. So out of my love for my child, I was able to develop more of who I needed to be as a person, as a woman, and become stronger. And yet I still had issues with doing that on my own. I didn't have professional support. I didn't have a circle of fellowship like I would recommend for anyone to get. I struggled through that journey all by myself. It took way longer than it needed to. And when I became eventually a therapist after those years of healing, I began to see women in my office over and over again suffering with issues of low self-esteem, with issues of not feeling like God could use them, like they had no purpose, like they weren't good enough. And it astounded me that this was happening over and over again in so many women's hearts, the way I had struggled. And that was where I felt led to write about it because I could only see so many women in my Mm -hmm. office as a therapist. I could only see so many women in Speaker at conferences, but we need to know that we're not the only ones. Each mm-hmm. of us is suffering on our own in silence in this process of developing any kind of self worth. And we don't need to suffer alone. We can know that there are sisters out there who are able to come alongside us and encourage us on this faith journey to get stronger and become the women of God, the beautiful warriors that God intends us to be for his kingdom mm-hmm
0: Now you talked about what caused your distorted self-image was basically your social environment. What are some causes you think for other women to gain a distorted self-image?
1: Well, we see a lot of sexual abuse among children mm-hmm. and teenagers and even adult women. And if you add up all of those age ranges, The estimate that I've heard recently from an expert in the field is that 70% of women have been abused at some point in their lives to some degree. Right. That's a huge number. That isn't different inside the church or outside the church. Mm -hmm. So that can definitely be a source of distorted self image and low self esteem, whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, Mm -hmm. any of those things can distort our self-esteem. We can also have issues because of the way culture teaches us to compare ourselves with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, social media, TVs, magazines, ads, we're always told we're not good enough until we buy this next product.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I have a teen daughter and, you know, she looks at other people's feed and their travel experiences and their aesthetically pleasing uh, images that all look so perfect on their Instagram and You know, sometimes she'll say to me, you know, I feel bad after going on Instagram, which should be totally not the case, right? And I'm telling her, well, let's have some more encouraging people that we follow where it builds you up, not tear you down or where you feel tempted to compare. But we have so much of that social media now these days and So what do you think the obstacles to having a healthy self-esteem, what gets in the way? I know we covered, you know, social media, but how can we get through those obstacles of having a good self-esteem?
1: We need to recognize when we are putting ourselves down in our heads the negative messages that we're sending ourselves on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And we don't recognize we're doing it because we get so comfortable with it. So yeah. familiar with putting ourselves down, you would never talk to your daughter that way or your best friend that way. And yet you mm-hmm. would say to yourself, anytime you make the tiniest mistake, I'm so stupid. I always this, I never that. You, you're mm-hmm. using hyperboles in these horrible, slanderous statements against yourself over and over again. And if you start recognizing the things that you say to yourself that you would never say to a friend Mm -hmm. and pull those out and find a truth in God's word that God says you are not that, but instead this. God Mm -hmm. says you are created in his image. You are the apple of his eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Find those esteeming scriptures and put the truth about who God says you are in place of those negative images. And we need to do that over and over again before it changes our default setting of slandering ourselves and becoming our own worst enemy into becoming our own best friend. Mm-hmm. You have to look at yourself for the rest of your life. So it's you might as well be friends with her.
0: Yeah. When did you feel there was just this turning point for you when, when you were going through the struggles of self-esteem? And I know the book is probably going to take us through that. But if you want to just share with the listeners, when was that turning point where you were feeling like, wow, you know, this is the remedy to my, my issues? I think really
1: soon after I had my first child, when I was becoming a mother and trying to make myself into that model as a parent, I realized that I couldn't be enough on my own, but I needed to find my enough in Christ. And that Mm, wasn't immediately. It was a shift Mm -hmm. in perspective, something I started working toward, finding my enough. And that isn't in me by myself. I'm not going to be enough by myself. Mm -hmm. I've continued to ask that for years and years and years. And one day God finally said to me, well, you're right. You're not enough. Mm -hmm. I am. And together we will be. So finding who we are in Christ, he and I together can be more than I would have ever been on my own. And that's where we need to understand our identity isn't just a matter of what we can do. It's not a matter of where we've been. It's not a matter of who we've been or how we've acted. It's a matter of what God can do in and through us in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, did you get into a woman's ministry? Did you dive into Bible studies or did you just go off on your own and start reading the word? And how did you get to that point?
1: For a time, I was doing it on my own, which I don't recommend because like I said, it takes a lot longer and it's much harder. Mm -hmm. I did eventually get into places that needed women's ministry and I became the teacher. Mm -hmm. I became a leader. So (laughs) out of needing to be the teacher, I needed to learn how to be who I needed to be to teach the material. So I had to learn it, absorb it, and become it before I could help others. So sometimes becoming that beautiful warrior in God's kingdom grows us so that he can do more through us than we've ever done.
0: Mm, So good. Wow. I love how God has a plan for each of us <laughs> that he just blows our mind, you know, and here you are, you went through it and then now you're able to, to teach what you learned and what God has put in you. So good. So hiding behind masks, you know, what, what are some things that we might hide behind these certain masks?
1: So if somebody comes up to you and asks how you're doing, what's your initial response?
0: good <laughs> good.
1: or I'm fine I'm totally fine we're always fine yeah. right and we're not always fine so we lie about how we're doing even to people who might care how we're really doing and mm-hmm. we don't present who we are what we're struggling with what's going on in our lives in church in fellowship in places where it should be safe to share that so that's one way we hide behind masks another way is that on social media we only present our best we don't mm-hmm. talk about where we've been, how we've gotten to this place when we need prayer, when we need stuff that we need to be encouraged by. It doesn't mean we need to whine all the time in front of people. But I think we need to be transparent and honest so that we can support one another in
0: truth. Yeah, so good. Well, that leads to, you know, you talk about comparison. And, you know, sometimes when we want to just say, Oh, we're good. And then it's not until somebody really looks into your eyes and says, Are you really good? It's happened to me where then I feel like that's an open invitation to say a little more, well, not really, I'm kind of going through this and that, you know, but our knee jerk reaction is that I am good. And I think sometimes if we don't trust the person or we don't feel safe to talk about it, you know, we hide behind that mask. But also, I think there's that pitfall of comparison. What are your thoughts on the pitfalls of comparison?
1: We're not created to be just like our sisters. God Mm -hmm. made each of us unique. And when we start to value ourselves in comparison to someone we're not intended to be like, we are setting our value standards against something that's impossible. And that is less than what we're meant to become. If I'm meant to be just like you, Jamie, Mm -hmm. that would be ridiculous because God made you unique to be Jamie Elizabeth, exactly who you are and exactly who you're becoming. You have a unique set of giftings. I'm not meant to have your giftings. I can't look at you and set my standard of value as to, well, am I doing what Jamie's doing? Because that's not who I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be somebody completely different. So if I'm setting my, my standard of growth, my standard of Accomplishments, my standard of acceptance on you and your standards of acceptance that God has established for you, then I'm comparing myself apples to oranges to somebody that I'm not meant to be like. And then in comparison, we also pit ourselves against one another and we open the door for envy. And envy makes us enemies with those that we could be stronger in relationship with. Mm, if we're like yeah. first, but I can, like, I can use giftings that you have as complements to the giftings that I have, and when we work together and we collaborate instead of competing, then we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're working in orchestra as the body of Christ, not in competition with one another, putting each other down and trying to race to get ahead of each other. That's not how we're designed. We're meant to function in relationship the way the Trinity functions in relationship. The father is unique to the son is unique to the spirit, but they're all one and they're all of one mind and one will and one God ordained purpose that they fulfill together in concert with one another from their unique and specific functions as part of God. So we, as the body of Christ are meant to follow that model and work together in concert with one another and complement each other so that we're stronger together and that we're working as one in unity.
0: Mm, So good. So did you always know you wanted to write a book? I know it's, it's called Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victory Over the Lies Formed Against You. When did God inspire you to start writing this?
1: It's kind of an interesting convoluted journey on that writing process because I felt like God called me to write that we are meant to love God, love ourselves and love others. And that all three of those Parts of our love relationships are connected and interdependent. So I started with a book on loving God, loving yourself and loving others. Mm -hmm. And it was rejected and rejected and rejected. It's too big. It's too broad. It's not going to work. It's not going to sell. And I kept getting the same feedback over and over again. So I shoved it aside and I pursued some other projects for a while. But that issue kept coming back. About self-esteem. And then it occurred to me that if I start there at that pain point that women are already feeling low self-esteem is about our relationship to God. It is about, of course, our relationship to ourselves, but it's also about our relationship to others. Because out of whether we receive God's grace and love in the way that we love ourselves That is how we love others. So that's all interconnected. I just needed to be brought to see it from a different perspective.
0: Mm, So good. Well, I love your transparent story that I have read so far in your book, and I can't wait to keep reading about it. I know people can really relate to having that distorted view of themselves and the low self-esteem and the insecurities. And like you said, it's a constant battle every day to get rid of those lies and know the victory that we are already in, in Christ. And that's truly where our identity lies in is what jesus his word tells us so you have your own podcast did that come after the book released or during that time and you know god wanted to use your voice and in a way where it could be sent out anytime every week tell us more about that i felt a little bit
1: of a nudge at the florida christian writers conference this past year A friend of mine that's also a podcaster said, oh, Tina, you need to do a podcast. And I kind of brushed him off and said, you know, that's just one more thing I'd have to add to my plate. I don't know if I could do it well because I have so many other things to do. And I don't know about that. And he said, no, you really need to do this. And so I said, "Okay, I'll go to your class. And it was actually his son leading the class. And I'll learn about it just in case that's something God chooses for me to do. And then a couple of months after I took all those notes in that class, somebody else said, Tina, you need to do a podcast. And I thought, okay, this keeps coming up. (laughs) So. This has got to be something that God keeps putting in front of me. When he keeps telling you the same thing over and over again, eventually, even for the most stubborn of us, it'll get
0: through. Yeah, yeah. I I always like to say if it sticks, like if it's not going away, it's pretty much God telling you to go do it. It's not leaving you.
1: Exactly. So I I decided that was something I felt like God was prompting me to do, and then once I started doing it, I have loved it. I get to talk about other people's stories, interview other people. It's so great. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed um, being able to find encouragement from other people's backgrounds to share with audiences. I love it so much. I've really, really enjoyed that process. And like a crazy person, I actually launched the podcast the month before I launched my book. Mm-hmm. So I was doing <laughs> both of those things pretty much at the same time. I wouldn't recommend doing that either because that's a little bit hectic, yeah. but
0: it's happened it's such a blessing and like a trifold i explained this earlier on one of my podcasts on you know it blesses us to be able to listen to the guests that come on here and share their story and how much of an encouragement is to us but also what i found was when people came on to share their story they were blessed to be able to talk about it because it's not every day where we get to talk about what God has done in our life or, you know, this topic that you're so passionate about sharing. And so it blesses them. It blesses you. And most of all, it blesses God it glorifies his name and this is why we do what we do is to be a light and shine his name throughout so well great I think the more podcasters to proclaim his name the better and would there be any takeaways that you would want to share with The listeners, you had so many great nuggets of wisdom here, but maybe something for them to noodle on and if there was anything left out.
1: I just want to encourage those women who feel like they're having a hard time moving from a place of being trapped in shame and low self-esteem toward that idea of beautiful warrior. That may seem like an impossible goal, but it isn't about what you can do on your own and i want to encourage you to understand that your first step can be taken because of love think about that person that's going to benefit from your growth from your strength that other woman who is suffering in silence that god has purposed for you to reach do it for her do it for the people in your life that are going to be blessed as you grow stronger and just take One step to reach out to find healthy, encouraging, supportive people to surround yourself with in life that can be God's hands and feet for you to encourage you to grow and become the woman that God created you to be, not perfect, but strengthened by his spirit and strengthened by your sister warriors to fulfill his purpose and potential in the kingdom of God.
0: Mm, So good. Well, I know you do so many things for his kingdom and where can people connect with you? I know you Provide so many services. You're a life coach, a writer coach. Maybe give a, a place where everyone can just find you and, and reach out and get your book because it is amazing.
1: Thank you so much. You've been such an encouragement today. People can find me at com. That's T-I-N-A-Y-E-A-G-E-R.com. There's no www. So you can just find that on the internet and everything is on that website. You can connect with me in social media from the tabs that are there and you can find the book and where to purchase it from there. And the podcast even is able to be accessed
0: from a page there as well. So, yes. And it's on iTunes as well. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Tina, for coming on here and sharing your story with us and enriching us with truth and how to get over the low self-esteem insecurities. It's definitely something we fight against each day and the way to do it is with God's truth, with God's word. So I just thank you so much for sharing and we'll talk to you soon. Thank
1: you so much, Jamie. It's been an honor and a blessing to be part of your beautiful show.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelisabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E, Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.